two to tie. Michigan would have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He, he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many. And so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge mental mistake. Mental mistake. No timeouts. We are here, episode 54, a special episode, well, a different episode. I don't know how special it is with Tashawn on it, but it is different. You know, I know I've been on the NBA, NFL, weekly picks sort of deal lately. Had to mix it up, had to bring Tashawn back now that the Lakers suck. Tashawn, you're welcome <laughs> on any time. How you doing? Yeah, this is convenient, man. You only, you only pick the bad times to talk to me about the Lakers, bro. It's That's amazing. what happens when it's my podcast, obviously. What do you, kind of, yeah. what do you mean? It's not, that's on purpose. We were halfway through a whole another season by the time you went to talk about the chip. Man. Yeah, this hell is no. Cool. We was talking. Cool. We was talking too much. We talked. We talked a lot during the bubble. Don't act like we didn't talk during. Come out for the people to hear. They didn't get to hear this. No, on the on the on the podcast, you came on during yeah. the bubble. You came yeah. on during the bubble, and I yeah, think you might have came on one after time, like right after they won. And after that, that was enough. That's enough. No more gloating. <laughs> no, that was enough. Hell no. Nah. And now, now we're here. They got Russell Westbrook. So now, now we're here to talk. But before we even get into that, I thought it was also interesting to bring you on because you've had a very interesting 2021 professionally. For those who don't know, Tashawn is the beat writer or a beat writer for the Las Vegas Raiders with the Athletic. Um, if you want to pay $3 a month, you can r- read all of Tashawn's things. I don't pay it, but that's, don't let me stop you. Go, you could have paid a dollar a month, you know. It's Man, cool. nah, it's that's fine print because then after like twelve months, it's like five dollars again. They be trying to get you with the okie <laughs> I'm paying. I'm gonna pay when Giannis pays. Wow. If Giannis not good enough to pay, neither am I. I should be getting a special. I should be getting. I shouldn't even have to pay. You should be getting, sending me the links regardless. But anyway, you've been covering the Raiders. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start because so much stuff is going on. For those who aren't familiar with the Raiders, they've had the John Gruden stuff where basically their coach has basically gotten, I don't even know how you want to describe it, just outed as a racist basically through email, through his private email. Well, not even private, work email, but that just, that, that's become public. Mm-hmm. You know, multiple players between Henry Ruggs with the DUI, you know, killing somebody in the process. You know, we'll see what happens with his – court issues but you know his nfl career probably is over regardless um you know the even the damon arnett stuff that's like super low-key in terms of him just on snapchat with and that was i mean it was that was an impressive gun that wasn't no regular <laughs> handgun like that don't that don't you know they say the jump with the drum that's what they were talking nah, about bro, the had, bro had the double drum with a scope on i was like bro, I don't even, he, that I don't don't probably, you call of duty <laughs> right Hey, honestly, if you he probably turned the light off and could still see you. He probably had the infrared scope on that John, all this all the attachments he had on that thing. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't know. Is that were those the three main events, the three big events? Yeah, like there's you know other stuff like in there. The like Gruden, Gruden stuff went on for a while. Yeah, I mean that was like it felt a lot longer than it ended up, you know, time wise it, it was being. I mean, the way that happened, you know, because I mean the Raiders this season it started off i mean they were three and oh for the first time since 2002 so it was like the best start they had in like damn near 20 years you know what i mean so yeah. i was like riding high and like and paying attention positive. to them more 
Yeah, and it was like they're even though the last year was their first year in Vegas, this was the first year where they actually had fans in the building. So like they were like actually like debuting in Vegas and like they had the buzz in the fan base. Like they were, you know, they're playing well. So they're starting to get national attention. Like Derek Carr was like putting up some crazy numbers. So he was getting like MVP talk. And then the Friday before they played the Bears, um, you know, the, the first email came out from from John Gruden um describing, you know, uh the NFLPA executives having like you know, basically having saying has tires for lips and like, um, like the way that it happened, it was, it was, it was awkward even as a reporter because they were aware of the story um, Thursday and, and they like met with the team that afternoon. And then like Gruden, he, he would speak every Friday um, for the last time before the game. And so he spoke that day and like five minutes later, the, the story came out with the email. So they and made so, sure he spoke first. Right. So they were aware of the email, but they made sure that it didn't come out until after he spoke. So they couldn't ask him questions about the email. And so it's like you're going into a weekend. This just got, got dropped. Um, the, the Raiders also received like all the other emails ended up coming out after that at that time. So they had everything. Like They knew all the details of you know everything he said about the, the homophobic comments, the sexist comments, the other racist stuff in there. Um, and so it was like going into the game, it's like, is he going to coach this game? Is he not? Like, when do I get to ask some questions about this? Because, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to on Friday. Um, so for me doing my job, it was just awkward because it was just like, it's this big thing that I have to write about and talk about, but it's like, I can't actually get access to the team to talk about it. You know what I mean? Right. And so yeah, no, at, at one point you had some sort of, I'm, I'm not gonna get too specific, but some sort of like information on other things that you couldn't mm-hmm. get confirmed or. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, we knew that because just the, the language of how the NFL worded it uh, when they replied to it that Friday and, and even the statement the Raiders put out, they were like other materials. So we knew it, that that was the only piece of evidence that they had that was a, an offensive remark. And um, this is one of those reported things where like you, you hear that there's something or maybe you have this partial, but it's not like all the way there. So you can't put it out. Um, and so like, but the sense was like, this isn't the only email that he has that's saying something wild, essentially. Like I knew that at right. that point. I knew that Friday when it all started happening, but it's just like, all right, what is it? Like, what's the extent of it? Like, if it comes out, what would they do? You know, do they have all this stuff? You know, it's just a lot of questions that you really couldn't get answered because at that point, like, the only people that were going to have information about it that could talk was, you know, Gruden was obviously not talking, you know, the, the Raiders as a franchise and Mark Davis, the owner, he's not talking about it. The NFL is not going to acknowledge it. And so it was just like, the avenue, the few avenues that you have as a reporter to try to get more on this, you don't really have anything coming back to you. And it's just like, all right, well, I guess I'm covering a game now. So it's like I sit through this, you know, three-hour game, and it's like, I mean, they're getting smacked on the field, but it's like it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm still right. like, tweeting out football stuff. The fans still care, like, that they're losing. But it's like, and the whole time in my head, I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> this coach had all these, these wild emails, you know, started to come out, like, two days ago. Like I'm not right. even supposed to act like this didn't happen. You know what I mean? And so, um, I feel like that plan would have that plan would have worked a lot better if they had won against the Bears. Right. Yeah. So like it was, but it was just like that whole thing of like dodging because you you feel like the best thing to do would be like to address it that Friday, right? Or like take questions that Friday at least, so you have. And he he you know he spoke to reporters over the weekend. Like he spoke to like ESPN. He spoke to uh, Vic Vic Tafer, my my beat partner. Like. So he like tried to like piecemeal, like start to put like his side of it out there, but it's like, just do it Friday. 
Like all the media is there in front of you. Right. Just address it then, say whatever you got to say. And then like, at least you addressed it going into the game. But like, for the most part, most of the media didn't have the opportunity to ask any questions. So you're setting yourself up for after the game. All right. Whatever happened, like they could have won by 40 against the Bears. It's like, I have to ask you about these emails because you never talked to us about it. You know what I mean? And right. so they just like mismanaged that whole like situation and made it yes. super awkward. And then after the game, the press elevator didn't even work. <laughs> So, the only people that made it down was like the team site and like the, like the local paper and so like it was just a hectic ass weekend like as a reporter it was really frustrating and like because i mean you know i'm really like they, they have a, a team reporter who's black but i'm like the only like external media who's a black person so it's like it, it's kind of like when when something like this happens like somebody within the, the franchise that you cover does something racist it's kind of like the onus is on you to like call him out about it you know what i mean um, right plus you like you probably feel some type of way like damn this person i've been asking questions for the last year and a half and you know smile laughing with sometimes or having these little interactions with like this is how they really think you know what i mean so it's like you kind of had that yeah. like, moment of processing it and so it kind of puts you in a tough position because like as a journalist you know we're always taught to be like super objective and not pick a side and not have an opinion but like as a black person if somebody is like obviously racist it's like i'm not gonna <laughs> you know, not have <laughs> some kind of you know feeling about it you know what i mean and so it's like trying to like balance that with still like doing your like i still had to write a game story that day you know what i mean like i still got to do my job right. it's like yo like this coach like said all these things and so i actually didn't get the chance to like even like ask him a question after the game because of that situation um but monday they always have a, a press conference after the game and um that was before the rest of the emails came out um later on that afternoon and like, it was so weird because it's like nobody was asking about the emails. Like none of the, like they started asking about like run defense and like the sequence of the game, like what happened against the Bears. I'm like, yo, like that was three days ago. <laughs> so like I asked him, like it was some kind of question about like what did he learn from like, you know, the power words and that kind of thing. And he didn't really give me like a full answer, but he was like, I don't want to really want to go into that. And basically after he said that, nobody else asked him anything about it. And so just kind of that day, I was kind of like, well, you know, it's like I knew there was more, but it's like I don't know if it's going to come out. You know what I mean? Is it going to stay under wraps? And then obviously we got the that New York Times story um, that afternoon. Um, you know, just putting everything out there. And I mean, at that point, you knew like, all right, this is you know, he's he's done. It's just like, all right, does he resign? Yeah. What was what was in the what was in the New York report? Like, what was the more stuff? I'm uh, trying to remember. So, so the the initial one was like the tires comment on Friday. And that was it. Um, and over the weekend, he admitted that he said something about Goodell, but he didn't say what he said about Goodell. Um, but what happened Monday was it came out. Um, the emails that he said about Goodell was using like the F word. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like Anti making a reference. LGBT. Yeah, he was yeah. like making reference to Michael Sam saying they basically can't make this draft gay people. He was saying he was like sending photos of like topless cheerleaders and like making some like sexist comments about like women refs and like he was saying like there being concussion protocol is making the league soft and like that was like part of the reason he was going at Goodell. so he's basically just like wilding about like every single like box that you can think of in terms of like a group to offend related to the nfl um, <laughs> and it's like always was from his company email account and he was sending it all to uh bruce allen who at the time was the washington football team executive no longer right right this, whole, this investigation wasn't even about the right. raiders he just was there Right. This was before guy. he was a Raiders coach. So, right. yeah, it's, cr it's crazy how it even works out. 
Yeah, because he was like those emails were sent from like 2011 to 2018, so it was from a span of time. But he was always an ESPN employee um, from the time they were sent. I mean, 2018 was when he was hired by the Raiders, so that, that's very like up close to like <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's, that that was made it hard for him to even be like he couldn't even cop the excuse of like oh I said that 10 years ago that's not me like he was still saying stuff like in 2018 like that was when he got right. the job you know what I mean so like this is just who you are at this point he's a you know, he's an older man like he you know it's not like he's a young kid or something that said some wild stuff on Twitter when he was 14 like he he said all this stuff as a grown man like knowing full well from his company email account that like somebody could possibly see it at some point um, but the the part of like you know it's stemming from this investigation that had nothing to do with him or the the Raiders. And that being the only thing that really got out, because it was like 600,000 emails in that investigation. And like, they didn't, the NFL didn't do a written report. And so it's like, why is this group? Yeah, there's thing probably the some, there's, bro, I know there's some wild, yeah. flagrant shit that's in those emails yeah. that didn't come yeah. out. Like, there's no way that he is the only one. And it's just like, you know, well, that's, his, that that's he, what he's saying now. That's what he's saying now. Yeah, it's like, that's I'm, why I'm, he's, he's about to take everybody down with him. Yeah, that's why he's suing now, suing the league and suing Goodell, because he's like, all right. Because they're claiming his him and his attorneys are claiming that they had the emails this summer, so like in June, and they didn't put them out until uh, you know October um, when those stories start to come out. And he's also claiming that the NFL uh, leaked the emails, which is a pretty like safe bet. Like it's hard to prove, but it's like the only people that had those emails were like the people that were involved in like the legal proceedings. And like I doubt an attorney is just gonna like randomly like you know risk their career off of that. Um, the Raiders once they got it, John Gruden obviously, Bruce Allen. And then the NFL. And so it's like the only party in that group that like has any kind of incentive to leak these emails is the NFL. But right. it's just like it's hard to like prove that they specifically did this unless you have like the phone call from the NFL to the reporter being like, hey, yo, you know what I mean? Like the email or whatever it may be, um, which I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out over time. Um, and I, you know, with those kind of situations, like I doubt the NFL even lets it get to discovery to where they would like have to give up those emails. Like they would probably just settle for whatever number he's trying to get. Because, like, there is just absolutely no way in 600,000 emails. Uh, John Gruden is far from the only bigot in the NFL. Like, this is an organization that has mostly white men in positions of power, older, rich white men in positions of power. Like, that demographic just alone off of percentages, like, there's going to be more than just one John Gruden. You know what I mean? So, like, right. for whatever reason, they don't want that to come out. Um, and I doubt they let this lawsuit make them do that. Um, and so, yeah, as, like, a reporter... Like a beat writer, it's like obviously my focus is like you know on John Gruden, like him resigning, like how this impacts the team, but it's also like kind of have to ask these larger questions of like why did this all come out? Like what is going on with the Washington football team? And it's like I don't cover you know Washington, so like I wasn't in in the loop on all the intricate intricate details of that and like all what was going on, like how did Gruden come up? And so like it's like you're you're having to do all this like research and figure out what's going on while also like touching base, you know, on your home base and. Um, trying to spin it forward, like, you know, coaching search, you know, how this might change, who the GM is moving forward. Like, you know, at that point, they were still, you know, they were three and one. It's like they were one of the better teams in the league at that point. It's like, usually when you lose a coach in a season, it's like because the team is terrible and like the season is over with. It's like we're four games into the season and this is like a playoff contender right now. Like, even that was, it was abnormal. So it was just like a super, like, hectic and weird situation as a reporter. Like, I, you know, I, I covered Florida State before this, and like Willie Taggart got fired during the season, so like there were some similarities in that, but it was like that was something that you could see coming because of on-field results. Like this was just completely right. like out of left field, like off the field thing that hit like right as the Raiders were like rolling, and it's like super random, and it's like you know you're trying to figure out why this is here, but you still got to like react to what's going on. So 
yeah, that whole like it was really only I guess what four days that four day stretch from the initial email coming out to him resigning, but that shit felt definitely like a two week period or some shit like that. Yeah, no, I can I I can imagine. I mean, it felt like that, and I, you know, I wasn't even involved. So then mm-hmm. after that, then we get the what the Henry Ruggs thing, which is just mm-hmm. in general just sad. Yeah, that was because at that point they had they had played two games. Um, right. After Gruden, they, they were two and zero in those two games, so they're back to five and two. They're like second place in the AFC, so it's like all right. Somehow, like, because I thought they were cooked after the Gruden thing. Like, I was just like, all right, they lost their primary play caller, the face of the franchise. Uh, he ran everything when it came to the Raiders. He's basically the GM and the coach. I'm like, yeah, they can't function without him. And then they go out and like win back to back games in convincing fashion. Um, it wasn't against the Bengals, yep. it was the Broncos and the Eagles, but still, like, you know, I mean, win to win. Yeah. And so, but then they were going into the bye week. Um, you know, they have the Giants coming off. So it's like they're in a position where it's like they could go on a run here. And uh, coming off the bye, uh, so usually on Monday they have like the, the press conference for the head coach. But since there wasn't a game the week before, it was just nothing on Monday. And so Tuesday was just going to be like a scheduled off day. Like they didn't have anything to do. Like I wasn't doing anything as media. Like there was no game for me to be writing off of my story. You know, I was already planning my story to like get back on Wednesday. And so I don't know why, but I woke up like hella early on Tuesday and uh, checked check my phone. And it was like some texts uh, like from some like mutual people like, like, is Henry OK? Or like, what's going on with Henry? That kind of thing. And I was just like, you know, because I hadn't checked Twitter. I hadn't, you know, didn't know anything was going on at that point. So I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, check Twitter and I hopped on. And I was like going through the pictures of like because some some pictures of the crash had surfaced at that point. And I was um I knew he had like a you know the green Chevrolet, but like I was looking at it and like it didn't because he had like a textured one and I was like trying to figure out the pictures. I'm like, all right, I don't know if that's his or not. Like you know, so I started reaching out, me and my my beat partner, you know, we're reaching out to agents and people around him, him, you know, we're trying to figure out like, you know, basically try to piece together what's going on, calling the police, you know, trying to see if there's like a police report with his name on it. And so it was very much so like, you know, you really didn't, like you're saying these rumors, you know what I mean? But you don't really know like if he's even involved in this, you know what I mean? And right. so like initially it was just like, I have no idea like how to react to this. Cause like, you know, I, I didn't even like how the time to like process of like looking at the other car and like seeing that it was obviously like, you know, burnt out and all that, you know what I mean? Um, but like we ended up obviously piecing things together. The TMZ report came out that he was involved. Um, but then even then, it was like we knew he was involved and I, I got the police on the phone and like they weren't really giving me many details because they, they hadn't put out their report yet. But like, they, they did let me know that there was a fatality. And I'm like, all right, well, is Henry, you know, like, I'm like did he, you know, was, was he the one that, you know, that, that died in the crash? And so that whole process of like slowly piecing together the details, like it was super like, like you're kind of on edge because you do like, you, you obviously you want to find out what it is, but you're kind of like almost like, scared to get all the details because like you know it's like it's getting increasingly fucked up yeah you find out you know what i mean um, <laughs> honestly though it's like yeah. it's like you hear you heard he thought it was already bad enough yeah. it was already bad enough that he had just basically ruined his own life and then to find out it's affecting other people at the same time and then his girlfriend was in the car and there's you know yeah. a dog and a, a girl a woman and it just yeah just it was just i was like geez like yeah and so like once we had all the details of like not even all the details but just we just knew that he had been driving under the influence, the other driver died. 
Um, she wasn't identified at that point. The, the dog thing, we didn't know that. I didn't know how fast he was driving, obviously, which came out the next day. But it was just like, wow. It, it just because it was so. It's like they had, all, they had just gotten past this one thing, and it was like this completely unrelated, like like almost felt like a random occurrence on a on what was a Monday night in Vegas. It's like even living in Vegas, it's like a Monday night is still a Monday night. It was like you don't right. expect for that to be the type of that's like that's that's the one night that they yeah. take a break. Like if there was something going on in a bye week, you would think it'd been like the week, especially because it was Halloween weekend. It's like all right, something would have happened on the weekend. Like when everybody's going out, it's like the Monday is like, you just, I just never, it never entered my mind that like something like that could happen. And then when I just broke it down, cause like Henry, he was like one of the guys was like, um, with, with COVID and everything, we haven't gotten to know the guys as well, but he was one of the guys that like, you know, whether it was at mutuals or whatever, I got, got to know his story a little bit. I did a big story on him when he got drafted, um, talked to like some of his, his former coaches and his, his family members and stuff like that. So I knew about his journey, what went into it, like what he had to overcome growing up. And so it was just like, fuck, it was, just, you know, obviously you're primarily like thinking about the woman who died, but it's just like, damn, man, like, just like that, like that's, because you know it's, you know, it's, it's basically it for him, you know what I mean? Like, not just right. football-wise, but like, you're going to prison for, you know, X amount of years, uh, you know, it's probably a civil suit, um, you know, he's only been in the year, he's only been in the league for like a year, a year and a half, it's like, you know, he hadn't made that much money to that point, like, his daughter, he has like a, a one-year-old daughter at home with his girlfriend, his family. It's like, yo, like all these, obviously the woman that died and her family is just like, you're thinking about like all the real like human shit, you know, and like, even besides like, cool, he got released, you know, he, he's not on the Raiders anymore. Like, that's fine. But like, just like the, the human element of it, it was just like super like dark. Like the green yeah. thing was like, it irritated me, but it wasn't like shocking to me that like a rich white man in a position of power was was racist or bigoted. Or however you want to put it, like that didn't that, that isn't something that's ever going to like wow me, even if I didn't know particularly about you know Gruden. But the rugs thing, it was just like like what the fuck, you know what I mean? And like that, honestly, that that was like one of the. I mean, I've only been doing this. This is like my fourth season covering uh, something, but that was like covering a, a team. But that was like the first time that I had like was kind of like emotionally like shook up. I think while on a beat, but even then, it's like. The, the crash happened on Tuesday, Wednesday, you're back at practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. Like taking attendance at practice, trying to see who's injured, like who's not injured, asking questions about football. It's just like, it is kind of like, because you always hear like, you know, especially with sports, like the NFL in particular, like it just it keeps going no matter what happens. But like this season has really shown me like, whether it's John Gruden getting resigned, whether player just killed somebody you know by result of their actions the day before it's like this shit does not stop like for anything you know what i mean and yeah like, i mean hey the money gotta be made contract contracts have to be fulfilled promises are have to be kept you know yeah yes yes men don't care yeah they don't it's just <laughs> like it feels <laughs> it's crazy i mean it's you know it's, it's just yeah. just the truth you know, that's not right. It's just that's just how it is. It's 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 crazy, and it's crazy because you know then the Damon Arnett thing happens. What a week later, maybe, and it's like no, that shit was news. the same week. That shit was the same. It was yeah, same. That literally, it's like, it's like not even news. Like people, so, it's just like. So Wednesday, that was their first time speaking at the rugs thing. Thursday, we're talking about it, but it's like, or went and then Wednesday, we also get the details of how fast he was driving, and it's more details about like how the woman passed, you know, like and all that. But like, um, like Friday. 
the coach was talking for the second time. And so it was kind of transitioning into the game that weekend. Uh, they playing, uh, uh, playing the Giants um, that weekend. Um, so it's like you're starting to think about that, get ready for the road trip. And like Friday afternoon, I'm just like, I just checked my phone because it was blowing up. And it was like the video, like the Instagram DM of him, like, pointing, <laughs> like getting it. And I'm just like, all right, like, what is this? Like, he's just talking shit. And then he pulls out the thing with the drum. And he like, pulls out another gun. Pulls out another I'm like, yo, like, what? Like, bro, like, like the, On the Snapchat thing was, or something. Like... The, the Rux thing was three days before that, bro. And then Friday, we see this video. I'm just like, and he had, like, got sued earlier today for, like, a hit and run. Yeah, and he had like, some issues in college, didn't he? Some, yeah. In some respect. Yeah, but he had it, the, the college. But, I mean, not, nothing like, like that. It was more so like that. You know how when, when guys get drafted, there's, like, that general, like, character concern kind of comment. Yeah. Kinda, it was one of those things where it was, like, our people just, you know, this is this constant narrative out there. But it's, like, it wasn't, like, a particular, like, incident. Like, he didn't get a DUI in college or, like, you know, get kicked out or it, it wasn't really any like particular thing um right. but clearly you know there were some concerns about some people and, and obviously that proved to be uh you know correct Warranted. you know um <laughs> but yeah it was like then going into that weekend it's like you know because that that info came out while the team was in the air like they were flying <laughs> to the to new york so the team didn't even know this video was out so like that this whole week couple week period there um obviously arnett got released the week after it was just like you kind of. He was in the same like, draft as Rugs, wasn't he? Yeah, they were both. That was their two first round picks. And, yeah, that's uh, crazy. And for me, that was because the first thing I ever I got the job. Um, my first day, my first month was April 2020, which was the month of the draft, and that was the the, the draft they took both Rugs and Arnett. Um, and like everything that was going on then, even like I was covering the draft from Georgia because of because of COVID. Like the draft was supposed to be in Vegas last year, so everything about that was weird. And like for the class to end up like their two first picks, like basically the two, you know, because they put them on a, on the phone call after the draft. Like those were the, basically the two the first two like Raiders players that I really like talked to. You know what I mean? Right. So it was just like in the span of not even a year and a half, both those dudes are gone for like nothing that has anything to do with football. And the coach yeah. is gone. It's just like, yeah, like it's, it's hard to like describe this shit. Like, it probably, I probably won't really be able to like fully like process it till after the season because that's what I mean. It's like, I mean, because the season's still going on, they're right, yeah. they're still in the thick of it. You don't have time. It's like, you, you really can't stop because you have to, like, you know, I mean, I have, I have deadlines, I have stories I got to write, you know, I got shit I got to work on. So it's like, I can't stop writing about the games just because there's a whole bunch of off the field shit going on. And it's like all this happened like in the first half of the season. Like we hadn't even hit the halfway point. You know what I mean? Like it was like the first six, seven games. It's like, and with this being a 17 game season now and then potentially being in the playoff, it's like you got this entire like 10 weeks. Because the second half season. Yeah, they got a whole nother season to go. Yeah, it's like, but you've already covered like a season's worth of like new, like more than a season's worth. Like just yeah insanity, but it's like you still have to like cover all this other stuff. So it's just um it's definitely, I mean, you know, it's it's tiring for sure. Like it's mentally taxing, physically taxing just from like the hours that you put in. Um, like it's not fun shit to write about like racism and people dying and people fucking up their lives, you know, with, with respective decisions that they make, especially for it to be young, young people that look like me. Um and so it was just but it's like you kind of have to like 
you almost have to have that same kind of like NFL mentality. Like you just got to keep going. Cause like, if you do like just kind of pause, like then you end up falling off, you're not, you know, maybe not turning your stories in on time. Maybe your stories, stories aren't as good or aren't, aren't as in depth and you can't really, you know, allow whatever's happening within your job, whether it's, you know, what's happening on the beat or what's going on with you personally really throw you off. And so, uh, I mean, last year taught me that just with like, you know, working through COVID, but like this year in a different way, uh, like, I mean, COVID is still here, but like just all the other like events that's going on with the, the actual team that I'm covering. It's like, you really can't like afford to let anything, you know, throw you off your game. Um, you know, I feel like yeah. I, I hand, I've handled it pretty well. Like, you know, it probably looks good externally, but it's, it definitely hasn't been easy for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, look, it definitely gives you something to talk about. And when it comes to a raise or a new job or something like that, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, I say, then t- took your lumps, you know, they, you know, in the journalism game, they always talk about, you know, you got to pay your, pay your dues and all this stuff. I mean, shit. I don't know too many people paying dues like that their first two years covering a professional team. That's, yeah. You know, that's a lot of shit. And especially like, cause we don't have locker room access still because of COVID. Um, right. So it's like when things like these, this happen, like normally, like if a coach gets fired for whatever reason, you can go in a locker room and talk to 20 people if you want to about what's going on on the record, off the record, get all kind of nuggets. Now it's like, yo, whoever they put up on that stand in front of everybody on this live stream thing, that's what you get. Like, obviously if you have like relationships behind the scenes, but like, you can't really use that stuff on the record and guys are only going to open up so much over the phone about something like that. You know what I mean? Or right. about the rugs, the rug situation, or even our net situation. It's like these are very sensitive topics, and when you don't have that access to get those sensitive details, it's almost like where it's does the depth, to, where's the right, depth come right. from? You know what I mean? Right so, after like, the the headline, what else is there? What else can you say yeah. half the time? And so for me, it was like with the Gruden thing, it was I had more room because it's like I could editorialize, like I could write columns like how I felt about it personally, like what the, you know, what my thoughts on it were as a kind of as a larger thing and, and racism and the, the, the response or the lack of response from Mark Davis, I felt like, but like when something like the Bucks things happen, there is no like, like you're not writing an opinion piece off of that. You're not writing a column. Right. It's just like, yo, I just got to leave this as what it is. And it's like. And yeah. And eventually you know talk I mean? about, yeah, eventually you just end up talking about, you know, how they replace them and all this stuff. And yeah. in a couple of days is pretty much how it goes. And even that, I felt like, I almost felt kind of like gross writing about because it was like, yeah, I got to write about who's the starting receiver when a when a woman just died. It's like, right. there's a fuck about the starting receiver. I have, <laughs> I have to do it. Like, I literally can't. I mean, but a lot of like, people still cared. They do. They do. But it's just like, like from a human element, it's like, yo, no, Bro, when, this when shit they, does not matter. They, Yo, when the Henry Ruggs things first happened, there were people, there were Raiders fans mad that he was getting released. Oh, I'll, trust me, I on was Twitter, very aware. Like my <laughs> my replies were not left alone that day. It was just like, why are they releasing him so fast? And it's like, obviously, like they got the details, and the details were not favorable. And that's when you find out the next day he was going one fifty six and twice the, the the blood alcohol content, uh, the legal limit, had a low weapon in the car. Um, you know, just the details of the crash and all that. It's like they they knew all that. That's why they released them when they released them. You know what I mean? Um, but on like on the flip side, like you know, the Gruden situation. It's like they also had all of those emails, like yeah. immediately. So why did we well they well they, they well they knew they knew the rug stuff was coming. That's public information. Yeah, they knew that was coming out. They was yeah. hoping them emails ain't come out. Yeah, but the thing with the, even the emails, because it was like if the if. Cause it's like common sense. It's like if 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 that if one email got like leaked, and the NFL just sent you all the emails, 
that clearly like these emails are out there somewhere. One of them already got leaked. You really don't think like the other ones ain't going to hit too? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't so, know. Yeah. It wasn't so much like, it wasn't so much the fact that they didn't like fire him immediately. They just did nothing. Like they just let him go out there and coach the first <laughs> game. Like, like they purposely avoided him talking about it on the Friday. Like they just let him go out there and coach the Bears game without doing anything. After the game, he was like not really wanting to take questions about it. It's like they basically just trying to act like the shit didn't happen. And it's like that's that's not gonna, and that's why it what what ends up happening, you know, Monday happened. Um, but yeah, just like you know, going from that and like because I was pretty critical of like the organization after that, but like with the rugs thing, like you can't really like that's that had nothing really to do with with the Raiders um per right. se. It was just like a tragic thing. But then the Arnett thing, it was like, all right, now you're back to criticizing them because it's like, are you drafted a guy with like character concerns? And then like they do things that people with character concerns do. It's like, what was y'all thinking? Like, what was your process? And so like it's kind of like a looping cycle of like, I don't know, it is a it's a very like weird thing. It's kind of like you have to turn being human off and on, like when you're writing about <laughs> football. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that, that the NFL NFL's different, you know. They, you know, the type of boys club, I guess you could call it, or you know, they got. I mean, the NBA ain't far off, but I feel like the NFL, the stuff be, you know, outside. I guess the only thing that compares is like Donald Sterling with the NBA, but besides that, I feel like the NBA, the NFL, just be. There's just a different mindset. Yeah, there is no like, like even like the NBA bubble stuff, like. There is nowhere canceling games today because y'all are upset. You know what I mean? Like that is. Oh yeah. That's not happening. Like I just, I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know what, I don't know what would have to happen in the NFL for that to fly. Like. Yeah, them owners don't play that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So this is, this is different. The whole culture. Yeah, not fair. But you know, speaking of NBA, I think it's now. Now it's time to get into the, to the real, the real meat of the conversation. The real reason I had you on. Enough of enough of the. The nonsense. Time to get to the important stuff. The Lakers stink. Listen, man. Listen. Like I, you know that, and it warms my heart. Immediately when the trade happened, I was not happy. You know that. So he was all <laughs> in the group chat. I was like, this shit is not gonna work. Like I, I could just off jump. It was like this is stupid. It's like you have. Anytime you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, you're already a paint dominant team. Like you're gonna be one of the best paint scoring teams in the league. Like, but you also like, like LeBron can shoot, but he's not a shooter. Like AD is a big that can shoot sometimes, but he's not like, you know, Jokic or something like that. Um, And you don't want to play center. So you're going to have a two big lineup with LeBron James. It's already three, probably not really shooters. And you had Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah, that was straight from GM LeBron's desk. Like, it was just like, what is the, the vision in terms of like spacing? Like, even, like, handling the ball, because it's like LeBron obviously is the point guard, you know, in reality. And so it's like Westbrook doesn't really play well off ball. Like, that's why the whole Harden thing, like, when he was playing well, it was basically like them being staggered in, like, you know, their minutes. And, you know, whenever Harden come off the court, that's when Russ would start eating. And, like – Hey, I saw I saw a conspiracy theory that LeBron got Russ to the Lakers so that – he could leave the Lakers with two superstars and he can go back to Cleveland to play with Garland and Evan Mobley. Boy, I thought it was what? hilarious. <laughs> they were like, the, the theory was that he did the Russell Westbrook thing. So if he leaves the Lakers, you know, oh, you still have Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Y'all will be fine. I'm going I'm to finish my career back in Cleveland. 
some insane shit to think. <laughs> Boy, it' crazy to say anything LeBron going back to Cleveland <laughs> after living in LA for yeah. Uh, no, I... But um, no, it's just like it's been, and especially like with the alternative, like they had to deal for Buddy Hield. And I'm not saying like Buddy Hield is a better player than Russell Westbrook, but he undoubtedly fits the Lakers better than he does because that's exactly what they like their weakness was with shooting. Um, somebody that could stretch the floor. It's like they also would have kept KCP, who's another shooter and perimeter defender. They would have been able to keep Caruso, who's, you know, obviously mostly a perimeter defender, but he can hit, hit an open shot. He has some athleticism. He does like those small things. Like, I feel like that is a better overall yeah. roster than Westbrook. Um, I feel like at the very least, at the very least, that trade allows you to still be flexible. Like, I, you know, whether the roster is better or not, like, who knows? But you now you have Buddy Hill, now you have Casey, but you still have contracts to trade. There's a plan right. B, even a plan C in there somewhere. With once you trade for Westbrook, that's it. There's no plan B. You're stuck with yeah. Westbrook for this year. Like he's 44 million dollars, whatever he's making, and no one's trading for him. Like that is like that's it. Like you are stuck with LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, and yeah. probably Teach. I mean, Teach T is good. Teach T is really good. Uh, you know, that's like your best four people, and then the rest you you're getting scrap heaps, you're getting the Trevor yeah. pieces and Malik Monks, you know, and they're cool, but like Yeah, it's just do I, it's like I, the, do I want Malik Monk on the floor in the last five minutes of a playoff game? Of course oh. not, but it's like and like knowing that they could have got DeRozan and you see what he's doing in Chicago right now, it's like bro, like of all the possible they, options, it looks like they chose the worst possible. <laughs> yeah, they didn't offer they they like offered DeRozan like no like mid level exception money or something right. crazy because they all because he was unrestricted like that's all they could like they yeah. like he would have had but, to take a massive pay cut. Yeah, well, well, they couldn't have they couldn't have like outright signed Westbrook either like it had to have been a, 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 a like a sign and trade type situation for them to get DeRozan so maybe that was far fetched anyway but it was like you had alternative. Right. Well, yeah, because the, the Spurs the, you think the Spurs were about to help the Lakers get DeRozan. Hey man, like I don't know, maybe that hate is maybe that hate is still in their blood. Who knows? But, oh, yeah, definitely not. But uh, no, it's just like you know. So nothing about the surprises to me is is like I mean LeBron getting hurt again. Like I didn't necessarily see that that happen with the the. I think he's he might be coming back tomorrow, but like with the domino strain and like the ankle earlier in the season. But I mean like he's he's been hurt like it feels like almost half his time with the Lakers, and he's getting old. I mean like I mean he's been old, but like. He's getting like you know twilight years of his career, so it's not shocking that LeBron James like has an injury at this point. Um, and it's just like like you see like without him, I mean the Lakers are gonna go as LeBron goes anyway. Like obviously, like whether they made you know if it was Buddy Hield instead of Westbrook, like they'd be in the same. They probably wouldn't be very good right now anyway because LeBron has been out. But it's like even when they're all together, it just doesn't like make sense. Like. Even if AD goes to the five, like it still doesn't really all the way make sense. Like if for it to make sense, like Westbrook has to somehow become a good shooter, which is not going to happen at this stage of career. He's not playing perimeter defense. He's turning the ball over like crazy. He's not as freakishly athletic anymore. He he struggles to finish at the rim randomly sometimes now. Yeah, the, the turnover the turnovers are so nasty. Yeah, it's just like random the turnovers. Are, turnovers. <laughs> the turnovers are so nasty. Yeah. I mean, it would if if he was just like if he could actually play off ball. Then it could work, but he does. He can't even play off ball. He doesn't really cut, you know. Like he's yeah. not really like he doesn't really set screens. He's not really an off even, ball kind of guy. There's not even a lot of space to him to cut because it's like they've been doing these dumbass two big lineups, and like LeBron is still out there, so it's like the paint is occupied already. It's like even the games like when AD is at the five. I don't. It's just not. It just doesn't look like 
like it's gonna work. And like I know Westbrook, he's like yeah, y'all kind of like, missed Gasol a little bit. Yeah, he was kind of washed. Because like DeAndre Jordan, he's probably better than DeAndre Jordan. Like DeAndre Jordan is also washed. But uh, like the bottom line is like AD needs to play the five. Like that that needs to be like non-negotiable. Like when you have Westbrook and LeBron in the starting lineup, like AD has to play five. Right? Otherwise, his lineup is gonna be bad. Like there's really no yeah. way. Well, he started he started AD at the five against the Bucks. Yeah, so like maybe I mean maybe then Giannis well, gave him forty seven. Yeah, I have to see how it goes when like LeBron comes back. Like if he does that again, you know what I mean? Right. But, like. And like Vogel's rotations are weird anyway, but like yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, I don't know. Rond- Rondo's got to go. Rondo? Yeah, not even because I mean, unless he wants to play ten minutes. I mean, he just can't play with Westbrook. So I don't think they, they need to. I don't think they have to play together necessarily for. No, for I mean Rondo's they can't. Like I mean they yeah. can't. I'm just saying, Rondo. I mean, unless you, I guess Rondo can be out there for ten minutes a game, fifteen minutes a game, I guess. But I don't know. I think he's just another guy who doesn't fit, especially when Kendrick Nunn comes back. Somebody's about to be riding the bench. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, Wayne, Wayne Ellington's getting minutes because you need some shooting. Like y'all got a lot of redundant players. Yeah, it's like they they don't have like because they used to like the you know even like last year getting out in the first round like they had perimeter defense like that was like they were a strong defensive team and like it seemed like their vision was like sacrificing defense to get better on offense but like they didn't really get better on offense like for real and like the defense yeah not, like, significantly, not, not that much. The defense the got significantly worse. Like the defense is definitely significantly worse. Like when you lose like KCP um, and Caruso, and like even Kuzma being a solid defender at times, and like you get like a actively bad defender in Westbrook, and like other actively bad defenders and guys like Carmelo Anthony and etc. It's just like it just seems like this is not. Like I know Westbrook, I'll shoot him some bail. I guess um, his last season with the Rockets and then with the Wizards, like the second half of the season, all of a sudden he turned into like OKC Westbrook again. But like, so maybe he closes the season strong and then they get a better record. But like, as it stands right now, like it's just looking like everything that I feared it would be like the moment that I saw that notification on that <laughs> Twitter timeline. Yeah, I mean, part of me was optimistic, but I think just in general, regardless of fit or not fit, I think we have to come to the conclusion that Russell Westbrook just isn't like an all-star anymore. Like, you know, and it's weird because he kind of looks the same for the most part. Obviously he doesn't jump quite as high or he isn't quite as fast, but he kind of looks the same. And I feel like this is the same thing that happened to Kimball Walker. Like Kimball Walker still looks the same. The ball just doesn't go in the basket as often and he gets more hurt and stuff, but like physically he doesn't look older, you know, but he just, it's just not, it's just not it anymore. And so I felt I felt like Westbrook is in that same ballpark where if you're just casually watching, he kind of looks the same. Or if you catch him on a good night, and then you know it's, you know the numbers are still kind of there, but he's fallen off a lot more than I think people claim. Or and that's the weird thing to me is because it's like you feel like LeBron and Anthony Davis, being the high level NBA players that they are, would be able to like recognize that. You know what I mean? Like especially. It was like in the bubble when they toasted the Rockets. It was because like Westbrook was like looking like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like yeah, y'all saw it at firsthand and was like, yeah, that's the guy that we. That's our third piece. It was just like it's and, it's and it sounds like from everything that was reported, like those were the two that were like instrumental in like making that happen. And it's just like I cannot understand why. Like I don't know what they saw. It really doesn't – I've been yeah, trying maybe, to find yeah. a reason. Maybe Westbrook was hooping in uh, some pickup games over the summer. It had to be something, bro. Like, the, the final stretch with the Wizards is, like, that what did it to him? You know, getting the Wizards into the playoffs? Like, maybe. Triple doubles. The players love triple doubles. 
maybe they just really like are really cool with Westbrook from like the Olympic days or something. Like they had something had to. Yeah, back in 08, they said yeah. they'd always play together. They just had to be they they made hands <laughs> or something because like from a basketball perspective, like LeBron is just too smart not to look at that and realize like yo this does not. I mean, but LeBron sense. is a bad GM. Is he, he? He's yeah, kind of. I wouldn't consider him a good GM. Remember the year that in 2018 with the cast, they had D Wade and all those people, and then the whole yeah. team had to go. I mean, there was really it. no salvaging. Anytime you trade Kyrie over for Isaiah Thomas, your season. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, that's that's cooked. also true. Yeah, you're definitely cooked. <laughs> like it's, it's but, over with at that point. I mean, you know, I, I guess the Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love thing worked out. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, I mean, whoever you want to get, get credit for Miami. Yeah, yeah, he got Bosch. So like, maybe he's not terrible. You know. I don't know. I feel like I'll say he's hit or miss as a GM. He's he's hit or miss. I don't know. GM LeBron. He's yeah. got some hits, but he's got some misses too. I think it almost like it might fit the theory because I know there's like that narrative that like LeBron doesn't really care, like especially since he got the chip. Like, yeah, it's just like who cares it? if it's a good fit? Yeah. you're my friend. Yeah, so like, <laughs> if anything, you're that my... theory looks great right now because it's like there's yeah. no way LeBron James being LeBron James didn't know that Westbrook doesn't really fit in here. So he's like, hey, yo, I just want to ball. And like, you know, he got Melo here now. Like, he never played with Melo. Like, damn, if, if Chris Paul was there, we probably might try to get Chris Paul as well. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, he got, you know, the thing is, like, he, he got a chip already. So it's like, he's exactly, he, he's already playing with, with house money because he's LeBron. Like, many people consider him to be the GOAT or the second GOAT. So it's like, what does he really have to, like, if this, if they stink this year, they're a seven, a six, seven seed, and they lose in the first round of games, anybody going to say LeBron's not a top two player of all? No. So it's like, who the cares? same zero zero series wins outside of the bubble. We we're gonna mean, start the dialogue. Everybody was in the bubble, so like I don't. Hey, I, don't I mean, I, I hear you, but I'm still starting the dialogue. Y'all why didn't anybody around. else play? Why didn't anybody else play well in the bubble? Then, like, why did the only the Lakers were the only team that thrived in this? LeBron, LeBron was the most prepared for the bubble. But I will say that, in all seriousness, I will say that I do think the bubble particularly helped LeBron just because he's older. Then all the other stars, they got he got a nice break. You know, he was staying in shape. I think he came back to the bubble. And it's like a credit to him, but I think he came back to the bubble in better shape than most people. He knew he only had to be there for 10 weeks. Like he was locked in. For a bubble, I think I, I think it was I think it really benefited him. Not to say that's a bad thing or that that's a knock against him, but I just think it's a general fact that the bubble helped him more than it helped other people, I think. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean that's all like that's more about guys not being on their game because it's like it's oh, whether, yeah, no, whether it's, it's, it goes both ways. I'm not mad at him. I'm just whether saying. it's LeBron or or guy like Kobe or MJ, like those dudes ain't about to lack off because of whatever's going on. You know what I mean? Like if you lack oh, off yeah. and get fat and t- gain ten pounds just because it's COVID, I'm like hey, that's on you, homie. I mean, look, and that's totally fine. And the bubble ring will forever be a ring. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not one to put an yeah, asterisk on yeah. it. I mean, it's a bubble ring. It was in the bubble. I'm just, it's I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. Because it was in the bubble, but I'm not putting an asterisk on it. I'm not. I won't. I'm not gonna do that. It's a ring. Fair is fair. You know, y'all. The Lakers. I had. I had many glory years in the mid two mid two thousand teams, from about twenty eleven to twenty sixteen seventeen. It was a beautiful time. I think back on those years fondly. However, the bubble ain't coming back. I mean, it's, it's, we no. we here. It's a long season. A long grind on for them for them old knees. 
Hey man, it's a long like it, grind. It's Carmelo very not, much so. not about to be shooting fifty percent from three for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, one good thing we got this season, like you should know, should know Melo, bro. Like, like let Melo have his little moment, man. You know, he got, he got his moment. I'm telling, I'm telling. Oh yeah, he got his moment. I'm telling you, it's about to end pretty soon. So he, he better cherish wow. it. Wow, you know, shooting like fifty five percent from three. You know, if this all flips back around, you know, I'm be on your head, bro. Like, well, that's fine, crazy. but I'm feeling real good, just like in fantasy. I'm feeling real good. I mean that's a whole different. We don't got to get into that. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you that you know when I when I feel when I feel good about something, I mean, it's for a reason. You also felt good about the Clippers going into you know the bubble year, and, and we saw how that went. So like, you well, that's know. true. But again, you know, the, again, the bubble was a, was a big wild card just in general. You know, I didn't yeah. realize that it was like a mentally taxing blah blah. Like I think the Clippers, not to say that they would have beat the Lakers, but they would have beat the Nuggets, not in the bubble. Uh, you know, but it's you know, and because all the reports come out like you know after the bubble is like they didn't like each other and they were like ready to leave and like Paul George was in the bubble depressed and I was just like, all right, like clearly, clearly this was not the venue for you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, and it's just it is what it is. It's I'm not you know, it's not a, an excuse. It's just it's just that's just what happened. You know, LeBron came more prepared and Paul George was ill prepared. Like it just it is what it is. Yeah. But you know what, <laughs> the bubble's here no longer. That's listen. That's fine. Like it's very. It's, it looks very likely that LeBron is this young. He got one chip for the Lakers, and it's probably gonna be it during his Lakers team. But like, Lovely. I think he's about thing, to be in the Lakers for another five years. The thing with like the Lakers that like makes this like more irritating is like it's not just like Westbrook was on a one year deal and we just got with. Westbrook has like a player option for like fifty million dollars next season, bro. <laughs> and so it's like this is a guaranteed. Two fucking years of seeing this shit. It's like I don't got it anymore. Like, like, like something, like something got to give. Like somebody got. You're not trying to see. Years. You're not trying to see Westbrook in the crypto.com bro, right now, bro. It, I not for two seasons, dog. I can do one season. <laughs> two seasons of this shit. Are you kidding me, bro? Like that is that's just unbearable. Like if something has to. Like either he has to flip it around or like somebody got to eat 50 mil next year because like, some, I, <laughs> like it, it can't happen, bro. I cannot watch the same team for two seasons. Bro. I think it's, I think, and, the, and it's funny just like with Westbrook in general because it's like his best and worst characteristic is that he like doesn't care. So he like has the utmost confidence, which is great. Like you want to, but then like when you're not feeling it, it's like, all right, man, like turn it down a notch, something. And he just, he's just, he's just going, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. It's like he like he'll turn the ball over ten times and he's like on his phone in a press conference like, making jokes <laughs> and shit. I'm like, oh, this shit was funny when he wasn't on the Lakers. Like, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like this. <laughs> it's only gotten funnier. Yeah, like, I gotta figure this shit out. But yeah, I just, I mean, well, it, you know, we're what twenty games into the season. We'll see. We'll it's, see. A, it's a long season. Yeah, LeBron we'll could see. come and save the day. He might, but like even then, I I'm just not feeling great about it. But you know. At, at least I'm starting low. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going in. I, from the moment the trade happened, I was low. So there is no, like, come yeah. down. It's like I was already down. So the only way I can go here from, from here is up. So, like, if they surprise me, cool. If not, I was already where I was going to be. So, like, that's, that's fair. That's I, I will say the one hope that I will – the only reason I won't put the Lakers in the grave is just because Kawhi is out and Jamal Murray's out. We don't know how Clay's going to look. Like, so, like, it's still very much open. You know, Michael Porter's out now. Like, you know, the Suns are still there, but, you know, I don't – I think the Lakers are always been a bad matchup for them, you know, when they yeah. play 80 at the five. They don't have anybody to guard LeBron. 
Well, see, here's uh, the thing. It's like, if the Lakers are healthy, like, obviously the big three is healthiest. I mean, I mean, there's not a team in the West I look at. It's like, well, they can't beat them. Like, just off of the strength of, like, they're just so outmatched that they have no chance against this team because this team is so amazing. And, like, there is no, like, dominant team in the West like that this year. There's some team, and even on the Eastern side, it's like, we thought the Nets were that, and then, like, obviously Kyrie's wilding, and they aren't the Nets, and, like, the Bucks like, haven't been very good, strangely, and so it's like, there isn't, like, a, I mean, the Warriors, obviously, are, are playing better than anybody right now, but it's like, obviously, they need more than, like, Steph and Jordan Poole to win a championship. Um, so there isn't, like, it's not like there's some other dominant team that's, like, oh, nobody else has a chance, like, the Lakers, if they, if they get healthy, they can't do it, so, like, I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have, like, an outside chance. I just don't – I feel like they're definitely not, like, the favorite anymore like they were, you know, that first, uh, you know, Brian AD year. Yeah, pretty much. So, I, you know, but there's – I don't really think there's really a favorite right now. You know, I think, like, again, I think the Warriors are good, and they'll probably be number one seed, but they need Clay, I think, to be better in the playoffs in terms of raising their playoff ceiling. Uh, you know, you look over in the East, I think you could say the same thing for the Nets with Kyrie, uh, you know. I mean, the Bucks are will come together, but right now they're like 500. You know, they've had a lot of injuries. Middleton's got had COVID. They Brook Lopez has played one game. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, so everyone's got some questions. You know, right now I'm focused on the Spurs tanking. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna we be lovely. About, you know, that that G League team down there in San Antonio. Hey, look, man, they, they try hard. How do you put Paolo, through that? Paolo, Pop needs a, he isn't going through enough. He needs to retire. I'm sick of him. <laughs> I need Paolo Banchero, number one pick. That's what I need. That's what I need in my life. Boy, I'm I'm here to tank for Paolo. Watch y'all get number three or some shit like that. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to get fucking Chet Holmgren, a skinny scarecrow ass. I'm going to be sick. Imani Bates season. Oh, God. I don't need need to hear Reese watching Spurs games. Don't you want to see the DeJounte Murray's twin out there, skin and bones? No, I don't want to. I don't know. I, I, one DeJounte Murray is enough. He's good, but he's not that good. One DeJounte Murray is enough. So, I don't know. We'll see how the NBA works out. It's a long, like you said, it's a long season. I'm tuned in every night. Every every Lakers game is must-watch TV. They're in the top five of Best best watches in the NBA. They might be yeah, number I'm one. You, dog. <laughs> <laughs> they might be number one. Every night I'm tuned in. It's the late game. I watch all my the the early games, and then it's it's only like two or three late games on. So like, who's about to beat out? Maybe if the Warriors are on, that's the only other exception. But like, Lakers are must. Well, I'm watching Lakers. The reason why you all think it's must watch is what makes it nasty though. Like, it's must watch <laughs> because you want to see them get their doors blown up. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, chill. Why the must watch is neither here nor there. But then get your popcorn ready every night. I'll be tapped in. You know, I'm about to be right in front of the TV tomorrow, 7:30 against the Celtics. Hey, Bron coming back though, so I mean, it might not, it might not be yeah. to, to your eyes. I mean, to be fair, like if they're doing good, it's, they're still pretty entertaining to watch when they're doing good too. It's because you know, yeah. and Bron are fun to watch. I like, to, I like watching THT. He's, yeah, he's I mean, really my, fun. so it's like it, work, it works out. It works out both ways. Now, once the playoffs come, now you know I gotta put hater hater into overdrive. I gotta really, I gotta, I gotta lock in. But for now, you know. Uh, you know, I let y'all embarrass y'all so I don't need to add on to nothing. Hey, you you kind of wishy-washy with your hate, though, because, I mean, like, 
we we kind of got you on our side in 2020 for like a little bit. Like obviously after. Oh, that's COVID. because I was so dis- I was so disgusted with the Clippers. I had no choice. Yeah. The Clippers like, were you know, such we a had embarrassment. The, had the whole Kobe narrative, so it was like you know. Yeah, yeah the Kobe narrative yeah. softened. It softened me a little bit. Yeah, the Kobe yeah. narrative softened me a little bit. I and then like immediately after you actually saw us like raise the championship, it all came back. It's like oh, I'm not a fucking asterisk championship and yeah, so like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, bubble it ring, Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm locked in. Yeah. 2022, full on Lakers heat. We'll be we'll be ready to go. Don't worry. All right, bro. Watch, watch. Westbrook's going. He's the final 20 games of the season. He's going to start getting in trouble double every game. It's all gonna yeah, I bet. Yeah. It's I'm gonna be yeah, beautiful. We'll, playoff Westbrook's going to be going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, this shit going, bro. It's gonna, especially because I'm going to be out the season at that point. So uh, yeah, you I have no choice. In. Right now, I have distractions. Like, obviously, with the Raiders, I have plenty going on. At that point, when it's like full playoff Westbrook, I'm going to have to watch every fucking game of that shit. Yo, that's, oh, God. And it's another year. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be going through it. <laughs> love to see it. Oh, warms my heart. All right. Any other? Uh, I, think that's, I think that's about it. It's enough, enough Lakers slander for, for one night. It's an open invitation here. Trust me. Whenever you want to come on and talk, hey, you'll, you'll next, be back. Don't worry. Yeah, when something good happens, you'll trust be back me. On I'll the be pod. back to, Don't worry. to talk my shit. I do want to one plug before I go. Um, I had a yeah. feature feature story that's come out this week on Afeni Shakur, um, Tupac's mom. Uh, she was uh, a former Black Panther who uh, defended herself in a, in a trial. Um, where a bunch of other Black Panthers basically got accused of a bunch of shit that it didn't do. Um, so I kind of wrote a story about her life and her uh, defending herself in the trial and obviously, you know, becoming the mother of, you know, one of the most famous rappers of all time and everything that, that happened with that. And so it's on Jacobin. Um, if y'all want to check that out, that's the only thing that I really had to plug this week. Yes, follow Tashawn on Twitter. You'll see the link at Tashawn Reed. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. I, I've I've read like half of it. I, it's a it's a good read. I have to go back and finish reading it, but I, I like the article so far. Uh, no paywall, lovely. Yeah, I I messaged the folks because initially the paywall was there, and I was like, you know, what I mean, like, you know, push it out. And so, you know, just 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 for you, man, just so you don't gotta pay. I know you you real tight tight with the dollars, so you know we have to make sure that Rodney Davis can, can read this story. Uh, tight with the, hey man, Harlem, New York living, Manhattan living is not cheap. <laughs> All right, not, we all we're not all living in a in the middle of a desert. Boy, you got a stain up there. Why don't you, you act like you paying three thousand right dollars? It ain't cheap out here. Yeah, hey. I'm about to move. I'm about to move. I'm about to yeah, get I'm a, about a, to. one I'm about to. I gotta well, save up. I'm looking in the couch cushions right now. Yeah, you can save up because you ain't, you ain't getting. I just I had head. an apartment viewing last week. <laughs> hey, Man. Listen, I had an apartment viewing last week, you know. It, it was, that, it was but not, not with, I liked it, didn't love it. So, you know, we're looking. All I'm saying is that $5 a month for the athletic really wouldn't do nothing to your pockets, bro. That's that's not even uh, what's, what's called with the investment. Look, with, now, with now you pocket watching. That you get. Time, time for you to go. Time for you to go. Hey, now you're saying, over here pocket watching. Time for you hey. to go. Hey, you, you watching yeah, that I'm editing this last part out. <laughs> hey, look, look, this, this, at this point, the pod's already over. I'm already editing this part out. We're just talking at this point. <laughs> Tomorrow jumps to five dollars a month. Like it's just 
<laughs> like we, we that's like a 400 percent increase from one dollar wow he started from one dollar that's a 400 percent increase <laughs> that's a 400 percent increase from one to five it's still a deal though five dollars is like that's that's not even uh, a cup of coffee man come on man. i don't, I don't even coffee. drink coffee i don't even drink coffee. That, that, like that, that little that little that that ploy doesn't work on me. I don't drink coffee. It's like uh, Fiji water. I don't water. drink that. I don't drink that either. I drink tap water. This guy, you want to be from the trenches so bad. <laughs> tap water. I got a Brita filter though. It's, all right, it's a new uh, filter for the Brita. It's five dollars. There you go. Man, I'm comparing it to Brita filter. All right, it's time time to go. Time to get out of here. Good talk. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. We gotta do this more often. I'll be back in Vegas hopefully in the next six months. Six months. I mean, I mean, well, you got your NFL shit, so you know, I don't like to yeah, come true. while you're working and shit. That's so, true. yeah, we'll kick it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, bro. All right, bro.